Thanks, disembodied Zoom voice. <laughs> okay, round two. Yeah. Well, welcome back to another episode of Scouting Stuff. You've got two of us this evening, but not quite the usual cast of characters. Still got me, Scouter Ken. But at the other end of the internet, we have Scouter Paul from the Hudson Scouts. Hello. You're right. So we tried this once before, and the audio quality was really, really muddy because reasons. But we've got you on what seems to be a better microphone this time, so that's awesome. And if I'm really, really good about this, I'll get this cut and out the door in time for mm-hmm. like tomorrow. But that's on me. That's my problem. <laughs> uh, so how you been? Yeah, all good. All good. It's been uh, it's been a few uh, a few weeks now, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been uh, a hot month and a half, I guess. Since well, I mean, when did I get home? Yeah, about a month and three weeks ago. Yeah, month and twenty days. Yeah, yeah. it's been a good long so, time. Yeah. So yeah, we we come straight back from uh, Candestead. Yeah. So as soon as it finished, it was the next day we was home. Yeah. So just loaded up in the truck and drove all the way, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's fifteen hour drive. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> I have done drives almost like that. Vancouver's twelve, and you can do that in a straight shot, twelve hundred kilometers. Yeah. So that's you know, with small kids, it's nice to yeah. have an overnight in there. But you know, I mean, sometimes Dad's just like, "No, we're going. We're leaving at six a.m. Get there for yeah. supper." <laughs> <laughs> that was just that was just on the camp. It was like I need to leave at ten just so I can get the right because we went through the Euro tunnel. So it was a case yeah. of I need to leave the campsite at ten just so I've got enough time to make sure I'm at the tunnel. Yeah, to, exactly uh, right. Yeah, so uh, get to your. Uh, oh boy. Well, okay. hang on. I think I can risk some video here. Although I, uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm doing a lot okay. of my network right now, so this might flake. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, cool. So, anyways, um, so this episode kind of brings full circle, brings home something that we uh, that would have hit the scouting stuff, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, kind of in the middle of our time at Kandersteg, which was that a picture of what looked like paper boats or paper hats on fire, with no further context given. Um, so this episode is the one where we add context, and uh, now, of course. Yourself and and maybe I think uh, a few other people within the Hudson Scouts and just for maybe just to start us off again, just so we you know kind of can frame this. Your group is based out of where in England? Okay, um, it's just outside of Birmingham uh, in an, it's a little town called Sutton Coalfield. Um, it was it hosted the 1957 um, World Scout Jamboree. Brilliant. So right by where we are is a huge park, basically surrounded by a housing estate. It's a huge park. It's the largest park, urban park in Europe. So it's a very huge park. It would take you a couple of hours to walk around the perimeter of it. Nice. So, yeah. It's a good place for a jamboree. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. There's still signs of the jamboree there of how they landscaped the land around them while they were there. So, yeah. Awesome. So, all right. And you're an Explorer Scouts unit, correct? Yeah, so in the UK, Explorer Scouts are from 14 to 18-year-olds, so boys and girls. Um, Cool. So that's roughly equivalent to what we would call Venturer Scouts. 18, you're getting just into rovers, but... Yeah. Cool. And of course, I met a number of them at the Jamboree at uh, Cander 100, so that was 
<laughs> that was great. And um, like I was mentioning, you know, yourself, a couple of others in the group, I think are listeners already. And so, you know, we've kind of reached out, tried to get in touch, had some stickers for you. But um, you also invited us to take part in a rather riotously fun game. Um, and and not just us. I can't even remember who all the countries participating were. I think it was Moldova, yeah. maybe the Danes. I think there was... Danes. A- uh, Germans um, and another UK group. Right. Okay. And so you described the game as uh, to me as Battleship, and that's like what the yeah. little paper you had for it uh, said. So um, how do we go from, you know, well, let's play Battleship to I have a picture of origami boats on fire. Um, actually, maybe start with like how you came up with this thing, because that's a bit okay. of a story in and of itself. Yeah. So, um, our scout group has got its own Instagram page and I just follow as many different scout groups and scouters as possible on it just to have a look at ideas. Just so I'm, I'm flicking through and I'm like, oh, I like that idea. And then I'll screenshot it and make a note as in like, let's, let's try that one next mm-hmm. term. So on one of the posts that I saw, they were doing origami. Hmm. And then the, the following post after that, they had uh, little cotton ball walls on a shovel and was trying to throw it the furthest. So I thought, how about integrating the two ideas into battleships? <laughs> so that is how the idea came to us. by seeing two different boats following each other on Instagram. Nice. And so, so with that framing, I mean, I, I loved, you know, your description of the first time you ran the game, because I think it's like, it sort of captures perfectly like the buildup and the intensity of it. Because I think at first yeah. you just introduced it as like, hey guys, we're just doing origami uh yeah no context on that yeah yeah so i basically um we had i got four different colored sheets of paper and then split the explorers into four groups and just said i need you to make uh 20 boats of each colored sheet so they're all in their teams and they're making the boats they thought it was quite a boring evening just making the same boats over and over again while they were doing that i set up outside probably about a two three meter square um with rope around it so they couldn't go in that area. And then I told them to take the paper boats outside and put them in that square anywhere. And then we gave each of them a shovel and a bag full of cotton wool balls <laughs> and a flint and steel and just said, you can light the flint and steel, uh, light the cotton ball wall, the flint and steel, and then sh- throw it on the spade and try and burn the opponent's ships. And whoever's got the most ships at the end wins. And they, they just clicked. They just absolutely loved it straight away. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and it kind of it turns it to uh, it turns it into a bit of a skills thing, right? Because ideally, yeah. you want your scouts, you know, uh, certainly like I think actually that might be part of one of our badge streams is you know the ability to spark a fire with I mean to light a fire in general, but then also you know specifically with yeah. steel on top of that. Um, so you know, good skills development there in terms of you know hey, you got lots of practice with your flint and steel, which is sometimes an underused skill. But then yeah, at the yeah. same time, it's like now I have this flaming fireball. I'm gonna fling it at that boat over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it like it's one of them? Is in like especially that age group where you're in like you um, you're hoping that the the scouts, so the, like the ten and a half going up to fourteen, they've used the flint and steel and know how to do it. But then it's just uh, making it practice uh, the practice making it perfect. So is it like when you've got like a hundred cotton balls that you're trying to light in a matter of a couple of minutes for the game, 
as in like they they do work they do get it down to fine art learning how to do it pretty quick and getting it going yeah well so. and it's funny too like reviewing some of the videos i took right like you see you know some of them like start to like fluff out the cotton ball a little bit so there's like some yeah. loose strands that are more susceptible to the sparks and things like yeah. that or although there was the one group that really couldn't get the flint and steel so once they had one on fire they just kind of yeah yeah i thought that was quite funny because that was the um the danes and they were all leaders so it was the leaders that couldn't use the flint and steel. So it was that I thought that was quite funny. Once they got one going, they were trying to they were just lighting the other one with it and then like throwing that one really quick and then, you know, yeah, it was them that couldn't get it where um I did notice the other UK scout group that wasn't mine. Um they'd obviously used the flint and steel before because they were pretty good on it. Mm-hmm. Uh and so were the so were the Germans. The Germans were I think they were all adults as well, but they they were good on the flint and steel. Yeah. And uh, mine struggled a bit and and certainly my uh the ferrocerium yeah. core in the hilt of my knife there uh shows some wear and tear now whereas before <laughs> it didn't. But uh but uh I think eventually like the Canadians had the most boats left because that's how the winner is adjudicated is like most boats yeah. standing basically. Yeah. Yeah, mo- most boats without any damage to them is the is the winner. Yeah. My so, my daughter yeah. actually kept the one boat, which uh, it did have damage, but it like only just like this little like quarter sized burn mark in the side, right? It's just like oh well, that one took yeah. a hit, but it kept on, didn't actually burn up. So <laughs> just like a real naval battle. Um, yeah, yeah. So and I mean, it, you know, that was the day of the big rain where you know, like I know you had a lot of tents that or you had some yeah. tents that flooded. We had some that flooded bunch of others there's a lot of very damp people the next morning um yeah. but it was good it was good fun to break up what had been a an all uh, a fairly eh kind of day because like you know yeah it was it started off good but it was definitely getting like just a tiny bit miserable by the time that you know supper time had rolled around and passed and it's like okay like this is getting old this is a lot of rain <laughs> yeah 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 it did it did rain quite a bit there didn't it is in uh that that day was terrible because it did rain all afternoon and then it by the time when we was uh, we was doing that game, it did come down pretty heavy, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just didn't stop then. No. Uh, I'm like, I know I had damp tents. You had water running into a couple of your tents. Yeah. Um, uh, the, all, all of our marquee was about three inches underwater, at least, the whole of the marquee. Um, and then we only had one sleeping tent that was flooded, but not not totally damaged. Is in like, it was sleep. You could sleep in it. It was just only half. You could sleep in that half and not the other half. Right. So, but the, but the, the marquee the following day, it had all gone. It was just a whole afternoon and night that it was uh, it was underwater. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, we just left. I mean, my tent had dried by the next evening as well. But, like, yeah, yeah. it was just, uh, that was a that was not a great night. And we got into a teeny bit of trouble from the Candersteg uh staff because <laughs> we had where where you had cho- because of course it was raining so of course fire rain like they don't mix so we we were under one yeah. of the big open-sided pavilion tents and then you know we were like most of the way through the game when all of a sudden a couple of the volunteers should have been like you can't have fire in here just like, yeah okay, well. i yeah. <laughs> thought that was quite funny when you're just lighting tiny little bits of cotton wool that are landing in yeah. massive puddles of water on the floor <laughs> <laughs> they can't light anything yeah. But yeah, oh. so yeah, we almost finished the game then anyway, hadn't we? So it wasn't like they they spoiled it too much. 
No, no, there was a, uh, it was fairly clear that, you know, like some teams had lost more boats than others at that point. So yeah. it was all right to call it, but it's like, oh, it's all fun yeah. games till the cops show up. Oh dear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yes. So that was, uh, so I've already like been shopping the idea around to, uh, my scouts, especially, and also the venturers. Yeah. Um, because again, like from a skills development standpoint, it's, it's really quite good. Flint and steel is not something that we, I know that I don't in my program focus on enough. And so having, you know, this one night where it's just intense Flint and steel usage, you do after, I mean, you hope after a while that, you know, you do start to sort of develop a strategy, like you say, of, you know, well, what makes this thing actually light better? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's all about how they actually hold the Flint and steel as well, isn't it? As in like, they, they just think, if they just keep going up and down, it will light it eventually. And it's sort of like, no, you can get it in just one try if you do it this way. And they, as soon as you've shown them the right way, yep. as in like, they're just like, oh. And I'm like, yeah, stop. As in, just listen to your leaders. <laughs> yeah. Just follow the advice. Yeah, yeah. We're here to help you. But, well, anyways. So, I mean, that's the very, you know, the very simple description of it. You know, you started out with the origami boats. You set up your play space. Yep. And you did explain to me that there was like an alternate version where like everybody can have their navies like in their own quadrant, but we definitely yeah. opted for the everybody's boats are just yeah. in a big mix up, um, which I think probably makes it more challenging. And yeah. so then, yeah, everybody gets their little garden spade and you just plop a cotton ball on the garden spade and you have flint and steel to light that and fling it at a boat. And it's riotously good fun. Uh, you know, I know my two scouts are still talking about it. They're very anxious to show, you know, my oldest is in her venture company. Now she definitely wants to do something around that. The, the, the younger one wants to definitely do it with her scout troop. The scouters like the sound of it because we're trying to do a little bit more of a outdoor, you know, a scout craft focused program this year. So we really yeah. do want to be able to, you know, have activities that force the issue on things like, fire starting and one match starting and flint and steel starting and things like that uh, among other things of course so this will be i think a, a great exercise in addition to just being you know again a rip-roaring good time <laughs> yeah yeah i think i think that's what makes makes it a bit different because it's uh like you say when when we introduced it is it like they all thought it was quite boring to start with mm -hmm. just doing the origami and then it was like oh no okay we are actually doing something fun is it like yeah. you're not yeah, you, yeah, you're not being that boring leader this week. You are actually, <laughs> you are actually doing something really good with it. So yeah. I'm tricking you into thinking I'm being the boring leader, but really, yeah, I'm not. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so well, cool. Okay, well, so yeah. Um, well, first off, thank you for the rescheduled recording because that yeah. uh, this is definitely going to work out better from an audio standpoint. Um, but also, thank you again good. for introducing me to this game because yes, yeah. I know I'll be using it again. Um, and I know that I can't like, you know, rely on it too, too much, you know, once or twice a year, probably. Um, yeah. Yeah. But still, uh, I do think it's going to be hilariously good fun for the scouts to do. And I mean, anybody out there listening, like if you were looking for an excuse to get your kids more familiar with the flint and steel fire lighting technique, and also like the use of cotton balls, because they are a really good dryer lint too, but like the cotton balls are a bit more throwable. Um, yeah they are sort of a natural pairing with the flint and steel. You can try and light other stuff with flint and steel and it works, but cotton balls are, they are just sublime for that sort of fire starting. So anyways, yeah, if your youth did need some practice with that, if you wanted to focus on that particular area of the scout craft skills, like this is a great way to do that. And, uh, also to have a ton of fun, which I think will probably help with the retention a little bit more anyways, versus just 
practice your plant over and over and yeah. over. No, no. <laughs> so awesome. Well, a really, a very short episode, but uh, thank you so much for again, making the time. Yeah, no problem. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you out there for listening. And until next time, be prepared. Be prepared.